Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Happy Friday, everyone. So happy that you're joining us here as we drive it home for our Friday edition. Uh, when you call today, the uh, voice you'll hear is Paul Shavari in the producer's booth. Our number is 773-763-9278. Coming up on the show today, we've got uh, a few different, a, w- a wide range of topics, I would say. Uh, in just a little bit, we're going to check in with a candidate for a state rep house seat here in Illinois. At 530, uh, I don't know how many of you uh, were fans of the restaurant Grand over in Niles, which uh, recently closed at the end of last year, uh, a restaurant that I have been taking my family to since my boys were little and that I've been a fan of for many years. Uh, They will be at our Jefferson Park Sunday Market this weekend at the Copernicus Center. We do pop-up markets there. And the manager of the the market will be joining us, Meryl Miller. And uh, and Steve DeMette from uh, Graziano's is going to be on the line with us. Uh, So we're going to talk about that market. You know how much I love our neighborhood market here on the northwest side. I love being able to support local businesses, meet with neighbors. I just have a, a, a wonderful uh, reason to gather uh, to buy some wonderful products. And maybe you want to stock up for the Super Bowl because I know I will be watching the Super Bowl. I don't know where I'll be watching it, but uh, you can stock up on some great hot sauces. Maybe you're making wings and you, and you need some ideas for that. There's a lot of great vendors that have uh, snacks and treats and uh, our friends from Pride Roaster will be there, Jackie and Patty, who have just really some of the best coffee around. It's one of my favorite things. When I go to bed, one of the first things I, like, I think about, when I, you know, I do all the end of the day things and getting my son Declan ready for bed. And uh, I start think I start like salivating for the coffee I'm going to have when I wake up. My husband sometimes will pre uh, set the coffee maker, and I can smell it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go to bed and wake up and have some Pride Roaster. So uh, they will be at the market with us as, as well as one of our sponsors here. Uh, it is, of course. One second, let me get my list for first timer Friday. Let's open up the phone lines, Paul, so folks can jump in right away since we might have some guests throughout the show. It's first timer Friday. So if you have never called the show, we want to hear from you. Not that you've never called the station, but if I haven't had the chance to say hi and, and meet you on the line, we'd love to meet you right now because we have great gift cards to give away from our friends from Gindo's Spice of Life Hot Sauce, Brown Sugar Bakery. Uh, the, I believe the governor just did a, a, a celebration of Brown Sugar bakery for Black History Month uh, in celebration of a Black-owned business here in Chicago. We also have a gift card from Crave Brothers Farmstead Cheese. They're up in Waterloo, Wisconsin. Our friend Sam from Sam's Famous Salsa is going to be joining us uh, next week for an interview to talk about uh, some other work that he does that you might want to know about. Timeless Toys right here in Chicago. Always a great place to stop by. Uh, They've got things that you'll remember and uh, some new toys that maybe you want to buy for someone in your life. And at the Jefferson Park Sunday Market, we'll have Rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends. Uh, they'll be joining us at the market, at, but today's your chance to win a uh, gift card if, you've, uh, if you're if you a first-time fr- first time caller for Friday. We also have, uh, of course, our friends from hum- Hungry Monkey Baking Company, and they are now available. Their banana bread, oh, so good, is now available in uh, perhaps a Jules near you. Definitely a Jules out in the uh, northern suburbs. Uve Kitchen and Wine Bar here in Chicago. Always a great selection of uh, wonderful treats like a charcuterie bar, a bowl, board charcuterie board. See, I got through charcuterie, couldn't say board. <laughs> That's how it works. And of course, some of the best wines uh, you can find anywhere. And our friends at Boot Tights, go to boottights.com. 
because uh, just the most comfortable tights. This is for everybody, by the way. They also have great socks. Uh, they're great uh, underlayer. Uh, just because it's getting warmer out doesn't mean you don't want to maybe stock up uh, on some tights. So let's open up the phone lines. A lot going on in the news. Uh, I want to know what's on your mind because uh, sometimes I just it's everything happens so quickly that it's hard to grab onto something. Uh, Dave in Hoffman Estates is on the line. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Hey. Yeah, the um, like between that Nikki Haley and all of them with the, talking about that uh, for Texas to secede, you know, and then she's like, "Oh, I didn't mean that," you know. Right. And well, if they were to secede, they would have kept talking about that. They'd be, they would lose billions and billions in infrastructure funding for one thing from the White House, and. That would really uh, mess it up for those people, you know, like uh, $14 billion in the infrastructure. And that would be another $12 billion for transportation needs and, and uh, roads, bridges, uh, public transit, air, airports. And, and then the clean water, you know, like $12 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, um, what the heck, you know... Uh, in one hand, and then also maybe close up the military bases and stuff over there too. There's a lot of money that comes from uh, over there, you know. And the um, if they do that, let them go. <laughs> that way, uh, then we can make. Uh, oh yeah, and also they probably uh, just thinking too. They would lose a, a few uh, electoral votes for the Republican Party if they pulled out of. You know, Texas wasn't. Part of our union. Yeah, no more. look, they they can look. I don't, I don't know if they're serious about it. Uh, there's a so it, it, we we worked this out already, and what it looks like if if states want to secede. <laughs> we, we've taken care of, done and dusted. Uh, but go ahead and, and and give. I just don't want people to get hurt, and uh, essentially that seems what they want to do is injure people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know, like they said, you know, it's gotten a little more purple, but still, the Republicans have pretty much won Texas for quite a few presidential elections lately, but. Uh, but if they did leave, then that opened the door. Bring in uh, D.C. and Puerto Rico as a statehood then. Hey, I have no problem with that. Sounds like a plan you know. to me. All right. All right. Well, listen, uh, let me clear off. I know you got others waiting, so I just started. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great right. weekend. Bye, Dave. You too. Thank you. Be well. And again, folks, if you want to call in, 773, you don't, and it doesn't have to be on a topic. If you're like, oh, I don't want to weigh in anything, just call and say hi. Let us know how you found the show, how you found the station, how long you've been listening. Uh, tell me how many friends you've told about the station because we need to keep, we need to broaden our, our, our listenership so that we can have more of these conversations so that people don't feel alone. I saw a text earlier today that someone said they moved to Chicago and that they felt kind of alone and they, they listened to our station and, uh, and we're happy to be here for folks. Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, the, the Republicans apparently have a sure thing. They can bet the Kansas City with both hands because as far as they're concerned, it's a fixed game. Right. And yeah. about, about, two week, about two weeks ago, I called the Republican station. I said, I said, move over, George Charles. You can't. You've got Taylor Swift now as your yeah. tormentor. It used to be George Charles constantly. Now it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> These people are. Oh, wait. I can't, I can't believe this guy. This eight, how many years has this guy been running? Six, how long? It's 2015. Right. Oh, my God. You're right. It's been eight I mean, years. He's just been, nine years now. He's, he's, just, uh. he's like, the, oh, my God. And I can't even look. If he's on anywhere, I see anything with his face. I can't. He's so repulsive to me. I can't even describe it. 
Go ahead. No, no, no. I was, was going to ask you, do you know how much uh, Taylor Swift is worth, by the way? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't one, know. $1.1 billion. She's doing all right. And I think her, like, her last tour generated that much. She was she was giving bonuses to the, to the drivers that took all of her equipment across the country. She gave them six-figure bonuses, like $115,000, I believe. Well, she, yeah, good for her. Good yeah. for her. I think it's great. Not yet, but good for her. Uh, but if, if these Republicans have lost their ever-loving minds, you know, if it isn't George Soros, it's Taylor Swift, and it's somebody, well, if that's how... I'm just saying, look at the how, difference between who you're talking about, this guy who's been running for nine years, doesn't even want to pay people who work for him, whether they're lawyers or contract, you know, construction workers. He doesn't want to pay the bill. And here you have somebody who, uh, she gave away her bonuses for the people working on her show, for, for dancers, riggers, technicians, catering, and truckers. She gave away, she gave them all 50 Fifty-five million dollars during her tour. This just just in this last two. I, I just which I was driving one of those <laughs> rigs for. Right? That's all I could say. Yeah, which I was driving one. Are it's, you kidding? Yeah, hundred thousand bonuses. But but, to every, but, yep. but but think about it this way. Let's say this was a camper movie, and Trump knew that if he opened his mouth, he's going to get fined eighty million. Now he ran. For, he, he can't run a charity. His family can't run a charity because they can't. They can't do it. They don't know what a charity looks like. But if he would, if he just would have repaid himself and gave eighty million to charity, it would have been a better story than you know, oh, having hanging over his head. That's, that's like the thing. Is, that's the other thing. They won't even let let the Trumps run a charities anymore because they don't they really. Can't. Yeah. It's crazy. They couldn't. They couldn't ring a. They couldn't ring a bell at the celebration. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Thanks, Jim. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank, have a good weekend thank you. Thank you. Let's go, to Dan and Downers Grove. Hey, Dan, how are you doing today? Hi, Patty. How are you? I'm good. Thank uh, you. Good to hear from you. Hey, I'm just trembling in my boots. I'm so worried about the threat of Taylor Swift. <laughs> right? She's a she's a, a psych, know, psychological operative who the CIA has brought in to control voters. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but do you know? Do you know what I've noticed? Well, since way back, since I was a little kid. The right always needs at least someone that's kind of like that target to their rap. I think they fundraise a lot off of it, but I'll never forget what they did to Natalie Baines of the Dixie Chicks back, yeah, right. you know, during the beginning of the, uh, and, but they always have to have someone they can, they put a bullseye on. Yep. And, uh, anyway, and George Soros, of course, he's been it forever, but now it's for Taylor Swift's turn, has and it, I'm sure she's loving every minute of it. Has <laughs> it have there, right. Have there been male pop stars who have been targeted the way Dixie Chicks and Taylor Swift have been targeted? I'm just trying to think of anybody where they've had piled, and Sinead O'Connor, where they've had all their CDs piled up, burned, rolled over with, with steamrollers, or accused of, uh, you oh, know, yeah. have death threats. I can't think of any, are there any dudes? I'm just curious. I'm not saying there haven't been. I'm just wondering. I'm putting it out there. Can you think of any dudes that have been treated this way? I can't. And I think they do. I I think they particularly target yeah. women with these things. Yeah. But I think I ever saw the movie. Uh, it was called Shut Up and Sing. Yeah. And it was about the yeah. It's about the Dixie Chicks whole ordeal and how ridiculous it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, there had been men who had who had uh, disparaged George Bush while they were out of the country. 
you know, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill were very much against the Iraq war. They sent some things up in Canada, but they didn't get the wrath that Natalie Maines did. And, um, uh, and then I, well, way, way back, let's just talk about Jane Fonda. Oh, God, yeah. Not that I approve of. Right. Not that I approve of what she did, but my God, they, they, for, you know, for years they said she needed to apologize. And when she finally did apologize, of course, that wasn't good enough. But they need someone to hate, Patty. They, that, that's, a, that's key to their whole operation, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. Yeah, they, they have to have somebody to have a target, and it's all the more fun when it's women. Uh, yeah, they, they can't yeah. because they, they have no policy. They have no platform. Thanks so much for calling, Dan. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Patty. Take care. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we have uh, we're, we have a guest coming on. We have a couple of guests coming up, folks. So if you're on hold, if you want to hang on, I will get to your calls after I get a chance to talk to the, the guests that we have coming up. Because in just a moment, we are going to check in with a candidate for Illinois State Representative seat in District 83. We're going to talk to Arad Boxenbaum in just a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. More after this. My friend Marty, he wants to split the party. He wants blue folks and red states to vote green. I can see his point, though. I really gotta say, no, we can't have another 2016. It seems nothing beats orange. Nothing even freaking rhymes with it. What's a battered nation supposed to do? His royal orange highness, he does love to divide us. We gotta stick together and vote blue. When I that's our good friend Steve Goody with uh, with Vote Blue No Matter Who. And you can go to stevegoody.com, G-O-O-D-I-E, and find out more about the great music he does. I am super excited to meet our next guest because he is running for a state rep seat right here in Illinois. Joining us is Arad Boxenbaum. Hi, how are you doing, Arad? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing Thanks very for inviting me. Absolutely. Let me make sure for first. Am I getting your first name correct? Perfect. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, I want to congratulate you and thank you for uh, running for office. This is something that can be uh, a calling for some and other people are kind of pushed into it. They are. Uh, well, let, let's start there. What what led you to decide to run for this seat in the 83rd District of Illinois? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was first elected to my local library board when I was 19 years old. I'm, I'm 22 now. Um, and prior to that, um, I was a longtime gun violence prevention uh, activist. So uh, around the time of the Parkland shooting, I was in high school, I was about 16 or 17 years old. And I was already politically aware and working with uh, some of my local Democrats. But um, that uh, the, the shooting in Parkland, Florida, really... Uh, accelerated my uh, involvement. I've been involved with different uh, gun violence prevention-related groups. I was previously in state leadership for Moms Demand Action and Students Demand Action, and uh, propelled from there. I've worked for a few members of Congress on both the the campaign side and the official side, and um, I've really... uh, I feel like I've found a, a calling at a, a really young age uh, uh, to, to advocate for my community, to advocate for, for good policy, uh, specifically uh, related to gun violence prevention and the environment, reproductive rights, things like that. Well, these are all incredible reasons to run, and it sounds like you really have, uh, you have your wits about you, as I guess we say. Uh, you uh, graduated from DePaul with a degree in, is it, are you, was it poli, poli, poli sci and public policy with minors, poli sci and history? Is that right? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. As a history major, I appreciate somebody who's that well informed, especially in a moment where we're looking at our own history and people want to deny what has fundamentally happened in this country. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it like for you studying history policy while all this is going on in the world in real time? Oh, I mean, I remember being in a Zoom class uh, on January 6th where I had a Zoom window in one screen yeah. and uh, a feed of MSNBC uh, like, show, like showing what was going on in the Capitol at that time. So um, very stressful, uh, to say the least, very stressful. Um, but in many cases, uh, being Gen Z in this time, it's uh, a part of it is kind of uh, empowering, knowing that we have the ability to take action, to take charge. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I and so many young people have been have been getting involved and work, have been working on campaigns or, or even running for office. Uh, and I think there's going to be a whole lot more of us because we're really we're really frustrated with the, the state of, of our country, uh, the, the denial of reality, the denial of basic humanity, things like that uh, really frustrate our generation. And we, uh, we want to get involved and fix things. I and, I'm, and we're grateful for it. I mean, we also can't rely. You know, a lot of people talk about how Gen Z is going to save us. Uh, we have to do yeah. a lot of heavy lifting too. It's a lot of work for yeah. everybody, don't you think? Yeah, I, I I completely agree. Completely agree. There's a lot of apathy in general right now because people are really burnt out. Um, yes. And that's, we we have to wake up soon because it's going to be Biden versus Trump or another rematch of that. And. If Trump gets reelected, uh, God knows what's going to happen. What? Uh, when did you announce your candidacy for the 83rd District uh, Illinois House seat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I announced in uh, late May, early June, nice. uh, way back when, so very early on. That's very early on. And when did you hit the doors? Did you hit the doors before or after you announced? Uh, I started hitting the doors almost immediately after I announced. Excellent. Um, I- since then, I have knocked over 15,000 doors. In fact, I was knocking earlier today, and I'm going to be knocking about 100-something doors tomorrow. Outstanding. What are you hearing from people? Because I talked to some uh, journalists who had gone to Iowa to uh, cover mm-hmm. the caucus, and so they were talking to voters there and learning. And actually, they also were DePaul students, and they were saying that the voters there, their two top issues were uh, was immigration and the economy. And and what I, you know, again, folks, uh, Arad is running for a state house seat in that seat. He will have way more impact on your day to day life than whoever the president is. Obviously, having a president who doesn't say they're going to be a dictator on day one. Uh, also very important. But at the state level, this is where people really feel the impact of legislation that's crafted. So what are you hearing from people? Because that's really part of how you craft your message, too. That's how you decide, you know, these are the things I want to amplify. What is on top of people's minds? in district 83 mm-hmm. uh the top uh the top issues right now from what i've been hearing uh specifically state issues are reproductive rights mm-hmm. gun violence prevention and the environment mixed in with uh, different local issues but primarily those three um uh, especially with uh, looking at the democratic electorate with the democratic primary that i'm in currently um there's um uh there's a, still a sense of urgency in the state of Illinois. Like, while we are a pro-choice state, we have not enshrined the right to choose into our, our state constitution. Uh, and we can continue to be a, a pro-choice state on paper. We really need to uh, to, to increase access to affordable uh, health care, certainly affordable reproductive health care uh, to vulnerable communities, uh, not just in my district, but throughout the state. So that's uh, a big concern. Um both, you know, federally if Trump wins, but even on the state level, 
you know, about potential federal overreach uh, going after reproductive rights. Uh, gun violence prevention is huge. We have very strong gun laws. We still have, uh, I mean, we need to pass a state storage uh, gun law. That's something that uh, I was uh, uh, helping uh, uh, lobby for uh, when I was uh, in state leadership for Moms Demand, safe gun storage laws, getting guns out of the hands of domestic abusers. Uh, and when it comes to the environment, so where I'm running, it runs right along the Fox River. So Geneva, Batavia, St. Charles, uh, even all the way down to Oswego and Yorkville. Um, so the the protection and the preservation of the Fox River is important to so many people. We have people who live right along the river. Uh, there's a bunch of dams along there. Uh, we need to protect the wildlife. We need to also uh, recognize the impact of the river uh, when it comes to our local economy. So a lot of things like that, but it's primarily... Uh, guns, reproductive rights, and the environment that I'm seeing uh, in terms of, of my community and the Democrats there. And you are running against an incumbent, and uh, and I, having been down that path myself before, uh, what kind of challenges are you are, are you encountering? Um, it's um, it, it's uh, well on the on the ground, really not much. Right. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I, Okay, I'm a, yeah. just for one second, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that you appreciate it because I appreciated that too. There was nothing more that I loved than being on the doors. I hated call time. But yes, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead. Because uh, it's hard to explain to folks from the inside of what taking on an incumbent means. And, and you know, I, I hope that they are, uh, you know, have you met with uh, Democrats? Have, have you had conversations with them? I know you probably have had endorsement sessions with different organizations. What What is the tone of conversation when you meet with people? Uh, for the most part, positive. I mean, at the door, it's been very positive, and the district has been very positive. Uh, speaking with people in the Democratic Party, it's also been pretty positive. Uh, there is still this uh, recognition that, yes, I'm up against the Democratic incumbent. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm running because I care about the community, and I'm running because yes. I have legitimate disagreements with my opponent. Uh, and for, for me personally, a lot of my background is rooted in the community. I used to, uh, you know, I used to be part of a constituent services, you know, office uh, when I was an intern for Congressman Quigley uh, back when I was at DePaul. And I understand what it's like to, uh, to handle constituent services. I know the right qualities and people to hire. Uh, and I also have heard of, of state representatives who don't have that in their offices, don't have adequate staff. And uh, unfortunately, for quite a while, that was the case in, in this district as well with the, my opponent, and uh, that really frustrates me. So, you know, I'm I'm running for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of those is having a presence in the community. It's a, a heavily gerrymandered uh, community, about nine municipalities. So um, a lot of people don't know my opponent, so they're responding positively to me, responding positively to a young person, or at least someone who's very passionate about the community. Uh, but I got to say, it's overall very, uh, very positive because um, I think there's this recognition of we're, we're tired of elected officials who just coast. Uh, they're in there because they feel like they're owed a seat uh, and that they're owed reelection. When in actuality, it's you're not. You have to prove that you that you deserve that seat by doing the work. 
and this is the and this is such the the bizarre part of it is that if you know we want people to run, we want young people to run, we want more people involved in the process, and it can happen, it can occur where the the powers that be not only is there the the power of the incumbency, there's also you know the fear for a special interest because they're like, well, you know, if I if I do anything, then they'll vote against my you know my t- my issues, and that that can be challenging. So I, I so I have to ask this: What is your path to victory? I know this is something that people have asked mm-hmm. you. What's your path to victory? Absolutely. It's all the doors that I've knocked. Uh, we have so many volunteers on top of all that who are doing the work. I'm raising money uh, so I can afford mailers and digital advertising. I have a fundraiser coming up tomorrow in St. Charles at the, uh, the Tap House Grill right on Main Street. Um, uh, there's more information on my website. Uh, it's directly on there uh, as well as on my campaign social media and all that. So we're we're planning fundraisers and, and, and all that so that, uh, you know, I've, I've knocked a lot, but um, uh, I can't really uh, knock my way. Ju- I can't just knock my way to victory. It's, uh, we have a full-on campaign team that's prepared for, uh, for, for all avenues, really, uh, of getting, uh, getting the work out there done primarily in the grassroots, but also a lot of mailers, a lot of digital advertising, uh, and a whole army of volunteers, that's for sure. So I'm, I'm feeling really positive overall with the responses and, and with the, the support locally here. As I mentioned, I'm thrilled that you're running. And folks, you can, as, as, uh, as Aaron man- mentioned, you can go to the website. It's uh, votearad.com. It's votearad.com. And what are the three things you got to ask for? For my audience, what, it, even if they don't live in well, if they live in your in your district, definitely that you want them to vote for you. And what else? Can we, how can our, our listeners help you? Absolutely, wherever you are, uh, if you live in the district or not, please uh, visit my website, learn more about me, uh, follow me on social media, and please uh, donate if you can. That would mean so much to me. I I uh, I don't take that. I don't really take any corporate money, anything like that. It's completely grassroots uh, fundraising and. Um, all the work, uh, all the money raised is going to go primarily to voter contact. And that's how we're going to win, by contacting, contacting as many people as possible and ensuring that we have good representation here in the 83rd District. I love it. You did the hardest part, folks. The hardest part of running for office is asking for money. And not only did Eric ask for, for donations, he explained why. And, uh, and I really wish you the very best. And we'll be watching this race. And we would love to check in with you again as we get closer. If you, if you have something coming up, uh, you know, if you have an event or a volunteer event, uh, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank My you for pleasure. inviting me. Yeah, go get them, Eric. Have a good, have a good one. Good luck on your event this weekend, too. Thanks. Thank Take care. You. Of course. Bye. Talk Bye. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to check in with our friends from uh, Graziano's and Jefferson Park Sunday Market. And, uh, and I'll take your calls as well. I promise everybody I'm going to get to your calls if you want to hang in there. Uh, more conversation when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like Biden beer, which is inoffensive and not bitter, and Extinct Elephant, a moderate red ale. Because you know those moderate Republicans seem to be going the way of the dodo. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. To keep track of the good trouble we're making in Wisconsin and where to buy our beer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MonacoBrewingCompany.com. And drink responsibly. 
You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. This weekend, it is the Jefferson Park Sunday Market, and I'm so excited. We have a vendor this weekend that, uh, ah, you know, everyone is so thrilled that Graziano's will be joining us because we're still mourning the closing of one of our favorite restaurants. Hey, Steve Demet, how are you doing today? Good. Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, so are, are people still are people still finding out that Graziano's closed and are heart, heartbroken in the aftermath of that? Yeah, just today, actually. Oh, my God. See, I have to tell you, my boys are now 18 and 20. When you guys used to have uh, the paper on the tables, I still have some of the drawings that my son Griffin used to make for us. So a lot of great memories. And so I want to know about this, the, the dressing that you guys are still that is still available so people can still have those wonderful memories. Yeah, well, you know, we have so many requests for our salad dressing after we close that we thought that um, this is a great way to uh, to try it out. And, um, you know, Jefferson Park, a lot of our customers are from that area, and Edgebrook and Wildwood. So um, we thought it was a perfect venue for it. So we, we made the dressings uh, exactly the same way we made it in the restaurant, uh, all the same ingredients, even had the same people come and do it. And... Um, we're expecting a big turnout. We have a lot of uh, a lot of dressings made. Yeah, we we actually we were putting out the call for more volunteers because we were like, I don't know, this is going to be different uh, because we again people have such uh, wonderful memories of uh, of Graziano's and uh, you know the sauces. So is this like a a, a family recipe? Because I know you also have the pasta sauces available on the website, uh, the Graziano Brothers Italian seasoning. So tell us a little bit about the history of these this incredible food and the sauces that you guys are selling. Well, you know, we're, we're not selling sauces right now. We're just oh, you're not. doing the salad dressing, yeah. Oh, so, but on the website, it's not available either? Because I'm on the website and I see pasta sauce. No? Um, I don't know if you have the right website. I'll have to double check ours. But, we, you know, we don't have any, we're not going to have any pasta sauce tomorrow. Oh, no, I know you want tomorrow. I know it's definitely the salad dressing tomorrow. That I'm aware of. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about the salad dressing and the history of it. So um, the salad dressing we developed when we first opened in 19, uh, 1994. And um, people just, went crazy for it. It's uh, The main ingredients are balsamic vinegar, uh, Dijon mustard, there's fresh garlic in there, olive oil, and uh, it's a fresh product, so it should be refrigerated, and it'll last about 60 days in the refrigerator. Um, and it's just a really great uh, dressing. It's got, um, it's a little sweet, and it's got a lot of uh, tang to it because of the vinegars. We use two vinegars, red wine vinegar and balsamic vinegar. Okay, so again, folks, we're going to be at the Copernicus Center tomorrow morning, and we're going to have Mara Miller in just a moment about some of the other vendors. Uh, again, Graziano's salad dressing will be available at the market this Sunday at Copernicus Center. And uh, are, are you, you know, what, what else would you like to share with the folks about, you know, the family, how everyone's feeling now that, uh, you know, you've, you've kind of closed the, 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 the book on, uh, on the restaurant? Uh, do we have a future of uh, more salad dressing and maybe more sauces? Well, maybe more salad dressings and sauces. I'm not sure about another restaurant at this time. I don't blame you. <laughs> you you kind of want the dust settle a little bit, right? Yeah. Plus, it would be tough to top that one. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes. You know, and I had I had the best crew that I've ever had uh, working for us when we closed, and you know, we had a tremendous turnout the last few weeks we were open, and we uh, really sad to see it go. But it's just, um, you know, everything has its time. 
Absolutely. And and again, I think and I, it was amazing to me that, the you know, I saw all the Facebook posts, people that I've, I know from different parts of my life that I didn't even know how much of a fan, how much of a fan they were of uh, Graziano. So it was it was great. Uh, we got to go twice. My son brought his friends there who had never been there. Uh, and it, it really was. Every time we were there, you had wonderful staff, the best food. Uh, I, I celebrated, you know, a lot of moments in life. And we also would go after funerals sometimes there. I, I just want to thank you on behalf of my family and people in my community for just wonderful memories, great food. And we look forward to seeing you on, sa- on Sunday morning at the market. And hopefully it's a beginning of a long relationship with us. Well, thank you so much. It's so hurting to hear. Thank you so much. We'll see you on Sunday. Uh, absolutely. My best to your family, too. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank- Thank you. Thank you. So Meryl Miller, the manager of the Jefferson Park Sunday Market, joins us. Uh, how cool. It's so exciting to have Graziato's join us this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of excitement online about uh, there being, well, first of all, any kind of opportunity to get the salad dressing has that's huge. Um, but, uh, yeah, in general, just having them there will be great. I was uh, telling folks that this is a great way to stock up for for both uh, Valentine's Day and for the Super Bowl Sunday. It's a nice little combination we've got going, right? Right. Yeah, because our whole winter series are all tied to holidays. So the last one, of course, was for Christmas. This one is Super Bowl Valentine's Day. The next one after this will be kind of getting us ready for Easter. So you got the idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So tell us a little bit about some of the vendors. We know about, uh, I mentioned uh, Pride Roasters will be there, Buckaroo uh, Pepper Jams and Seasonings. Uh, we've got, tell, tell, tell folks what to expect on Sunday. Um, oh, gosh, so many different vendors. Well, you'd mentioned about Rollick and Buckaroo. Uh, they weren't able to join us last time because they were over by our neighbors uh, at Irish American Heritage Center at their event. Uh, so this will be their first uh of this series with us and looking forward to having them. Um, you already mentioned about uh, T-Dog, uh, but <laughs> we've got, <laughs> well, because, you know, yeah. uh, all the hot sauces ever, right? Well, I don't, um, I don't know if you heard my story about getting broken. I uh, I had a horrible accident over the Christmas break. Uh, apparently, someone thought it would be funny at our holiday party in my office to order ghost pepper pizza. And I became, I did not know oh. until a couple bites in, I became violently ill. And it's been, I'm trying, I'm trying to get back to, yeah, I can't eat hot sauces for a bit. I'm trying. But anyway, <laughs> I have a whole wow. compartment in my okay. fridge. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. Well, I'm, so if you I'm need not, something sweeter, yes. uh, Mouth Kitchen will be out there with her ginger sauces. You know, Ooh, yes. no heat level to those. Right. Um, awesome, awesome alternative. Um, I'm yet to uh, uh, try. You know, I don't have. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm looking over my list. I'm like, oh, I missed somebody. Eat your um, back. I'm so excited. Seriously, the best bitters on the planet oh, yeah. that they sell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got great stuff. Um, this is, uh, oh, uh, eating well for. Uh, vegetarian people among us um, or not uh, great uh, food options for um, getting a little bit more vegetable content into your life uh, they've got uh, the veggie burgers that I already mentioned but also uh, soups and a variety of other things I think carrot mm-hmm. bread was mentioned um, or carrot cake rather uh, <laughs> um, you remember, of course, uh, Mez Foods with their chocolate alternatives. Yes. Uh, they'll be joining us. We will have, I can't remember the scout, uh, the troop number, but we will have 
uh, a small troop of local Girl Scouts uh, not only volunteering, because what? a lot of people come out and do volunteer time with us, but also they're going to have their own space uh, selling some cookies. So if you need to sell up on your uh, Girl Scout cookies for uh, the, the season of you know, especially, you know, those are great for uh, Super Bowl stuff. Um, of course, there'll be other cookie options from um, Hillary's. Uh, as, and Luciana's Kitchen also has a variety of sweets, not necessarily cookies, they're like small cakes kind of things. Uh, so great sweets options there. Oh, and ice cream, because, you know, yes, ice cream. epic, right? <laughs> Of course, of course. Uh, going down the list of other Super Bowl-oriented things. Um, yeah, because pierogies fit right in there, right? Sure. <laughs> hey, Merrick's Polish yeah, will hey, be look. out there with their... Okay, plus, there are empanadas that are fresh there, too, available on Sunday, right? You get Bloody oh, Mary. For, from Luciana's. Yes. Um, they usually just come in with frozen for frozen? Uh, the winter okay. series. Fine. Tamale and Bloody Mary's fine for Sunday. <laughs> All good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and other sauces. We've got Chicago sauces, variety of um, barbecue sauce. Um, there's, yeah, you can try them all. Um, oh, you were talking about pasta sauces. Uh, we've got Daisy's. Uh, they're a restaurant out of Logan Square. In fact, they're usually at the Logan Square Farmer's Market. Uh, they're, nice. they're joining us. They were actually already signed up for the summer market. Yay! I'm super excited because this stuff is so good. Um, Fantastic. I haven't really gotten familiar with their stuff before they joined us as a vendor. And, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and for folks who are wondering, so this is at the Copernicus Center. It's on Lawrence Avenue, just east of Milwaukee Avenue. Uh, it's in the annex. and it begins- Or just west of I-90. Just well, oh yeah. Either way, west of I ninety. Right, right. We, it's perfect. We're we're giving you the the coordinates right there. Just west of I ninety, <laughs> just east of Milwaukee. It's right there at the Copernicus Center. And there's a parking lot uh, to the main building. You just walk like it's like a, it's hard. It's very close. And there's plenty of street parking most of the time. And uh, it starts at ten a.m. goes to two p.m. Uh, you can stop by and say hi. We'd love to see you. And I, I'm excited. And there's gonna be live music. Let's. Uh, I want to make sure people know about that too. Right. Yes, that's going to be Stephen Gillius, uh, one of our local favorites. Uh, and uh, another local favorite that we haven't really put too much out about, but she's mostly joining us as a volunteer, uh, is, um, got to get the name right, Marie, uh, oh, Marie, what is your last name? Uh, Bennett. <laughs> okay. Bennett. Delton, Delton, Marie Delton. Marie. Um, she's going to be joining us with a series of her art panels, um, and, and that's going to actually be part of Stephen's backdrop, so he won't have cold windows. Oh, there's 40 degrees on Sunday. That's not going to be bad. Uh, so, But anyway, uh, so her art prints will be available, too. Yeah, folks, she's uh, a great, so if you're looking a for great artist. For your sweet art. Yeah, she, she's got great yeah. uh, picture, like uh, watercolors of, of the Jefferson Park Sunday Market at the park, plus the Portage Theater. There's a really beautiful, there's like an overpass on Foster. It's just, it's stunning. I'm excited to see those, too. Thank well, you. and there's oh. also a great one at Copernicus. Oh. Uh, it's actually called That's Street right. Lights, but That's right. it's got the Copernicus Tower. Yeah, that's a, they're all beautiful. And, and not just of Jefferson Park, Portage Park, but she has wonderful paintings from all over the city. So come out and, and check out her prints as well. Meryl, I will see you on Sunday morning. 
First round's on awesome. me. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Because, you know, I'll, I'll probably get there a little bit late, so I'll, I'll owe you. Thank you, Meryl. You do such a great right. job. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks. Let's take a break here, and I'll take your calls when we come back. Thank you all for holding on. 773-763-9278. I'm so excited about our Sunday market this win this this Sunday, everybody. 10 a.m. More after a moment on WCPT. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I want to thank all of our listeners that hung in there through my conversations with a candidate for the 83rd District and our conversation about the Jefferson Park Sunday Market. So Jim in Lake Zurich is first up. Jim, what is on your mind, my friend? Yeah, hello. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You know, you kind of brought back memories because I grew up in Jefferson Park. Oh, I think we talked before. I went to St. Pat's. Oh, yeah. So I know the, the area is very well. Reese Park, Portage Park, yep. uh, Dunham Park. Um, all, all very good. Hey, but, drive, uh, going drive, back to this, drive in for the Sunday market. Take a tour around the neighborhood. Come grab some Grasdale you know salad dressing. Uh, I was, um, I'm going to come by. I'm going to come Yay. by. You said 10 to 2, right? So Yeah, 10 to 2. Yeah, so uh, I'll definitely uh, uh, come by. So I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to talk about this whole Republican uh, fallacy that everybody's kind of spewing. Uh, you know, their, their creed, the GOP creed, is hate, fear, lies, and distortion. Yep. As soon as people understand that, you're never going to change these people's minds. Yeah. I have yeah. many friends that are Republicans. Uh, some are sane. Some, most of them are clinically insane, right? So you're never going to change their mind. They're, they're going to go down with the ship with the orange messiah. This guy is a philanderer. He is a grifter. He is a sexual predator. Uh, he's a traitor to this country, right? Yeah. And, you know, they, they can't admit to themselves that they made a mistake, right? Right. So whatever you throw at them, they come back with something else. Oh, but uh, Clinton did the same thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this one guy, right? So, you know, bottom line, we're never going to change their mind. They have zero policy, guys, zero. I want, if any Republican is listening, Please get on and explain to you what has the Republican Party done in the last 45 years for the middle class. One thing. And don't tell me tax breaks because nobody has gotten any tax breaks when a Republican is around. Nope. So, you know, I bet I'll bet anything that they have zero policy, and I know they don't, right? Because they, they go after Taylor Swift, Dr. Zeus. Right? Uh, they <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. It's, just, it's crazy. <laughs> I forgot about you know, Give things. me one policy, one policy at all. And I'll, I'll say, okay, you know what? You, you have a point. You know, now they're on the immigration garbage, right? Yes. So why, why, didn't Biden, why, why doesn't Biden close the, you know, the border? Well, why don't you guys let him close the border? He said he's going to close it. Right. Why, why don't you want to close it now? Because they're listening to this traitor on the other side, which I, I don't get it. You know, how could a guy like that be telling the, the, the head of the house what he can and can't do? How, how, how insane <laughs> is this? They want to see the economy collapse. What is this kind of stuff? I, and they're, 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 their heads exploded today when, 
you know, the economy added 355,000 jobs, yep. right? Yep. Oh, yeah, but they're not. Everybody's sitting at home. You know, they haven't, you know, gone back. To, what are you talking about? Yep. They're collecting aid, welfare. You know, everything's welfare with these guys. When you throw facts at them, you know, that's all you could do. Otherwise, you know, it's a lost cause, guys. I mean, don't even bother. No, I think, and I agree with you. And I used to, you know, when when I, I got kind of uh, a friend of mine wrote a book called Face Hooked, and she talked about the adrenaline you get from getting in an argument on social media, and the adrenaline you get from someone liking your post or you know contributing to these conversations. And I used to get sucked in, and I would I would use uh, source after source to back up my argument. And they would, you know, what was funny yeah. when I saw someone I have known since we were ten years old. We used to play baseball together. When I saw him, uh, you know, his source was John Cass. I was like, okay, we're oh, yeah. we, we aren't even yeah. we're not even communicating on the same planet right now because John Cass is a blowhard. He's a commentator. It's like it's like citing me as a source. I have my. It, I, I, it's, I'm not. I'm a commentator. That's it. it, it, it you know, John Cass is Greek, right? I'm Greek, so I know John Cass and I know what he stands for, and you know. It, it's it just insane, uh, Patty. I, 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 you're, you're never, we're never going to get through to these people. You know, 20% of this country is clinically insane. They've completely lost their minds. And I think it happened, honestly, my opinion is November of 2008 when the black guy got in the office. Ugh. Right? As soon as that happened, you know, their heads exploded. Yeah. It really did. They never recovered from that. And everything revolves around Obama, and Obama did this, and Obama did that. You know, the, the, the worst thing that Obama did was the tan suit that he wore. Oh, my God. And, and <laughs> you got a guy that is stealing documents, and Wait, it's just insane how happened? to kind of quantify it. What what happened with uh, they hated that Michelle Obama would bare her arms? Not a peep over Barney Rubble in the House of Representatives and, you know, six oh, toes on. Marjorie Trailer Green. I mean, come on, Right. Uh, let me tell you something, uh, Patty. You know, the other meme that they, they kind of throw out that uh, Michelle Obama is a man. Yeah. Which is. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't get, so. Don't even get so me started saying that. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rabbit hole that you're never going to get out of, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, bottom line, uh, you know, all we could do is just kind of try to get the sane ones on the right track and. Yes. Um, Yes. Just let the other ones, you know, go, right? And, and, They're never going to change. Yep. And that's, and you hit the nail on the head. That's what I was going to say is that we need to be, it's not just like you can vote Democrat. You, we have to do more this year, not vote harder, yes. but we have to get more people engaged. And for me right now, it is all about labor because they are, did you see in Florida, the house in Florida passed legislation for kids to work 30 hour weeks, six days a week <laughs> till midnight without any legislation or amendments regarding breaks. And they, someone asked, okay, can we at least put in an amendment? where if they're the targets of sexual harassment, we let them know what their rights are when something's inappropriate. Right. They would not put an amendment to protect kids from sexual harassment and abuse. That, folks, yeah. that's grooming. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The party of family values, right? Yeah. Party family values. Yeah. Well, you oh. know what? You know, either way, everybody needs to get engaged. Um, yeah. And, and let me tell you something, uh, Patty. I'm Canadian. Right? Oh. I have my Canadian passport. I'm 57 years old. I, I, this year, I applied for my citizenship, and I'm definitely going to vote. It's, it's the, the most important election of our lifetime and democracy in this country. I fear for my kids, right? So I'm doing that. 
because of that and, and because of what I'm seeing around us. The, the floodgates have opened up and, and the demons have come out, right? Oh, they yeah. were always there, but now they're, they're proud of it. Oh, yeah. Fascism yeah. is the way to go yep, they have, with these people. They have no shame. And, you know, they love Putin. They love Orban. They love all these dictators. When did that ever happen? But anyway, I'm sorry, it's just very frustrating. And like you, the one thing I promised my wife, which I did about five years ago, I got off of Facebook. I've lost so many friends. I don't talk to family members because they're completely racist, bigoted, misogynistic. And God forbid a black educated woman goes after their Messiah. Yeah, that is like, boom, their heads exploded. Right. So, but anyway, everybody needs to vote. Everybody needs to, you know, get out there, vote. It's not going to come easy, but you know, we got to, we got to do it. I look forward to meeting you on Sunday morning at the Jefferson Park Market, Jim. Come by and say hi. I hope we do. I hope we do. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you again soon. That was great. Thank you. Roosevelt, Roosevelt, does three minutes sound good? Because I'm going to, I was, I thought I'd talk to you. And if Paul will hang on, I'll get Paul at the top of the hour when we come back. Roosevelt, what's on your mind? Thank you. Uh, first of all, have a nice weekend. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Of course. This thing with Taylor Swift, briefly. Yeah. You, you would think that Fox News would be promoting her. Donates or donated $30 million for kids with cancer, mm-hmm. $50 million for truckers. I yep. believe she donates at every city she plays or she has a concert. And you would think, visually, when it comes down to the football games, and you see her boyfriend making a heart with his hand. Yep. It's like a love story. Like a movie. It is. Hey, everyone loves when the the captain of the cheerleading team goes out out with the captain of the football team. I'm just, this is basically, Uh it's it's the high school romance. You said that. Isn't that all American? Yeah. To borrow a phrase from a football uh, sport. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't It doesn't get more American. I, well, I don't know about more American, but just cute. Yeah. I'm on top of it with this, too. And they're both white. Just like the people on Fox News. 99%, that is. So, you would think, but no. Who could they support? The complete opposite. A person that, in order to make money... He has to go bankrupt six times. In order to make money, he has to swindle people out of money for his Trump University. The complete opposite of um, St. Reagan, you know? Right. Pro-Russia. Reagan was anti-Russia. And And the papers he took down there, how is that? All uh, all American, or or to be precise, how is that? How can they let that go by? I'm I'm sorry, you broke up there for a second. How can we let what? How do anyone let what go by? You know, his supporters. How can you let papers that belong don't belong to him? No, 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 because he he just blinked and they became declassified. He had every right to them. They were his papers. That's that's their again. It's this magical thinking that they have bought into. That's what happens when you're in a cult. The crazier the story, the more they're willing to swallow it. And remember the big stink that they did 
fired to Trump about Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. What about Trump's Nigeria? Right. Now, what's for soldiers? Do you know how Remember many? You, you know the president. The president was at the 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 uh, arrival of the caskets carrying the three soldiers who were brought home to to their parents. He met with them. He met. He greeted. He greeted the the plane as it arrived. Uh, do you know how many out of the over 128 casualties? How many Trump met at the airport? Nine. Pence did the rest of them. He did the 119. He couldn't even bother to show up for the families, for the deceased, for the people who gave their lives for our country. He's a pig. He's a racist. He's a rapist. And and, and, and folks, I, I just I, I'm done with people telling me, oh, but I like that one policy that he has. So what if you drop if you drop if you drop your food on a pile of crap and you're like, yeah, but I only, it was only there for a second. It still tastes like crap. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and, you know, you're reminding me of the time when he went to Paris. Oh. Yeah. Go and, ahead. He did, and remember, it was raining. He wouldn't go to yep. the. To see the suckers who lost their lives in defense of our country. I've got to go to the break. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. Roosevelt. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day. Have a good one. Let's take a break here. We come back. We'll continue taking calls and texts 773-763-9278. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello. And happy Friday. Want to say a special hello to our friends listening on KTNF 9:50 a.m. in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And uh, we have uh, been having conversation about what's in the news, uh, what's on folks' mind. And here, joining us, the host of Kitchen Table Progressives, is Paul in Seattle. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind? Why am I remembering hey, the Alamo? Patty. I know you've been there for a while. You've been on hold for almost an hour, so thank you for hanging in there. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I wanted Paul to make that note so I remember what to talk about. Um, <laughs> but, it was, but it was, uh, you know, uh, Dave, David Hoffman States was talking about what Texas would lose if they were to secede, uh, that being S-E-C-E-E-D, secede, not succeed, but secede, secede. from the union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's actually a lot worse than the things he mentioned because... The worst thing, the absolute worst thing, and this is why they are just bluffing out their whatevers. Uh, you, you'll come up with something. Um, that the worst thing that they, the worst things that they would lose are Social Security and more than that, Medicare. Yep. And the reason, this is why I bring this up, is the reason that states like California and New Hampshire have not been able to. Uh, you know, transfer over to a single payer system like they'd like, which would be ultimately, you know, less expensive. If is that they automatically federal law says they automatically lose all of the Medicare that all of their citizens have, had, including the seniors that are on it. In other words, they have to start over. And that is yep. the beginning of a major collapse, let alone Social Security, major collapse of their senior population. And then what are the people, the workers saying, well, okay, what deal do we get? And even if you gave them back, say, okay, well, here's, how do you figure out what your share is? Did everybody, 
um, live in Texas all the time that they and, and do they get a choice to say, okay, well, if this is going to go down, do we get to decide to leave Texas before this goes into kicks in or and go back to the United States? Okay, so that's that whole ball of wax. But even worse is this, and this is the kicker, is that what we know is that the more states have to pay for health care, and states are the employers. They're the biggest employers in the state is the state. And they have to support their own workers' health care because we don't have single payer, right? And that is the biggest burden. And that's why uh, college tuition is going up. Skyrocketing is because medical costs are skyrocketing. And so the states are not subsidizing college education the way they used to because they don't want to have to raise taxes. But if everybody, I mean, if the state is just devastated, they have to pay it off. That means they're not going to have an education system, which means the, the citizenry is going to become basically ignorant. And there's the kicker. So when they become worker bees, the only people that are going to be able to get to come in and run the place are educated immigrants. <laughs> okay, like wow. what's happening in the Middle East. <laughs> wow. That's what they do in the Middle East. Everybody works for immigrants. The immigrants are running the show. Well, and, and to go back to what you were talking about, Social Security and, uh, and any of the federal programs, you know, Texas is third when it comes to uh, the most federal aid. They get $68.2 billion in federal aid, and they are number three when it comes to the number of SNAP recipients, which is f- folks who need assistance with food. So, yeah, and by the way, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, uh, uh, in terms of Medicare, uh, Medicaid, not Medicare, Medicaid, which is an entitlement program, uh, 68 of the top 70 counties that are, have the most enrollment in, in Medicaid went for Trump in 2016 and in 2020. Here's the deal. In 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton won a majority of votes, the majority of the popular vote, and she won only 500 counties across America. Donald Trump won 2,600 counties across America. But of the 500 counties that Hillary Clinton won, um, they accounted for 64% of the economic productivity of the nation, leaving the Trump counties, 2,600 of them, only 36%. But after four years of Trump, here's what happened. Uh, the blue counties, the 500 blue counties that Joe Biden also won, accounted for 68% of the economic productivity, whereas the Trump counties declined to 32% of the economic productivity. Thank you very much, Donald Trump. So, and actually what happened was the people who actually, well, did you do better? Uh, are you better oh, off than God. you were four years ago? The <laughs> people that were, the people that were better off than they were four years ago voted for Voted for Joe Biden, a huge majority. Donald Trump didn't do squat to the economy, but here's the deal. They just keep saying, you feel bad about the Biden economy, don't you? And you felt really good about the Trump economy, didn't you? And it's like it's just like brainwashing, and people go, oh, yeah, it was so much better. It was, oh, it was so much good. Such a good. COVID was such a blast, man. It's such a good time. I mean, it's just a little bit of a, you know. Well, they call it nostalgia. It's uh, overhyped nostalgia. Yeah. 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 Oh, no doubt about it. And that's the thing is, is <laughs> there's so, yeah. And, and it, it, what makes me often 
uh, want to go screaming into the night is if you show folks the the facts that, you know, as you mentioned, that Trump did nothing for the economy, although he did drive up our debt. Uh, it, it's it, yeah. I mean, he added to our our burden for years, and and Republicans. Every time a Republican is in the White House, that happens every single time. Yeah, uh, the, uh, economic growth under Democratic uh, administrations since uh, actually since after Franklin Roosevelt has been almost double what it has been under Republican administrations, and. But it's it's the big tax cuts that they do. It's, it's the same right. stuff. It's, it's right. The smoke they're, they're and the mirrors. Party for the rich. Yeah. And and the grifters and and for sure the grifters and the criminals. I don't think there's any any question about that. Yeah. I don't know why people think that uh, people who are getting ripped out. I mean, Donald Trump has no respect for his base, uh, and they follow him, and that's why he doesn't respect them because they follow him. He knows you would follow a scumbag like me. I have no respect for you. He knows that, but thank you very much. I'll take it. That's what that's his attitude. Yeah. And again, you know, when with, with Republicans, they always spew these lies about being fiscally conservative and responsible. And they do everything, whether nope. it's spending on defense or, you know, giving away in tremendous breaks to the uber wealthy, the the morbidly wealthy, as Tom Hartman calls them. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And I am tired of smoke inhalation and stepping on broken glass, folks, because they every yeah, single time. We just had 2023. Remember, it was the big at this time last year. It was going to be oh, there's going to be a recession. Undoubtedly, there'll be a recession uh, because this economy is weak. Well, the third quarter more than doubled the second quarter. It was a runaway freight train, even in spite of the inflation that actually Trump caused. But here's the thing: it was an annual growth of three and a quarter percent annual, and Donald Trump's best quarter, one quarter, he got 3.1%. That was when he slapped the tariffs on, and everybody drove their product to market. But after that, it was like uh, third quarter 2019 was 1.9 and then 2.1, and then COVID hit, and that was like a major contraction. It's like the, the Trump economy was a big lie, and it was a lie, the same lie that comes out of his mouth is the greatest one ever, and he is the biggest punk ever, and, and that's He's the loser. He is America's big loser. And I think that I like Eugene's line. And every day until November 5th is Donald Trump is a nothing day. Yeah, yeah I, I, I look forward <laughs> to that as well. What do you have coming up on your show this weekend, my friend? Oh, well, we're going to we're going to talk Taylor. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> we're gonna, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, yeah, we're going to talk Taylor. Now, I'm not going to go heavy duty politics because I mean, you got to go Taylor. Taylor is the hot item. And I, I really want to talk about, um, you know, I'm going to have uh, a co-host this week. Christy Gardner will be with me and she's kind of a, you know, kind of my pop culture analyst. And I, I'm like, or she's with me as that's not my pop culture analyst, but I have other analysts that I pay, but um, <laughs> she's not one of them. Uh, uh, was going to talk about Taylor Swift and, and I'm surprised because I talked my first program of the year about and Kristen was on. I said, okay, Taylor Swift, what is, what is her influence? And does, how far does it go? What does it really mean? Uh, you know, is the Time magazine cover really? And apparently the Republicans really want it to mean something a lot. They really do. And that's, that's just so great because it's so 
great to see. I, I mean, I don't know her music very well, and I'm not a big, I guess she's kind of country pop, but uh, I, I'm not a fan of that so much. But what I love is that this young, talented woman is just driving them nuts, and she is driving the bus, too. And she's like, I'll tell you all where to get off. This is your stop. Get off now. Yeah, well, I, these are going to be some incredible videos in the next uh, love, year love or so. It, yeah. And I there there are uh, some videos going viral. One guy took his daughter to register for to vote, and uh, she's all excited because she's you know she's like, "Hey, Republicans, you, you, you convinced me I should be a Democrat." <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> Great. Anyway. It's amazing. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, I, I don't know if Thanks, you. I, I don't know how much you, I'll be listening because I want to hear how much you uh, lean in, like you know, put a microscope on some of the, uh, the the conspiracies they have. Like that, you know, when they win, she's going to go up on stage, grab the microphone, and tell everyone to vote for Joe Biden. Like that's their theory of what's going to happen. That it's all going to be oh, rigged. Their, yeah. Well, that's kind of how they they have this. This tells you how like fantastically. Uh, they have this psychopathology was that they're imagining yep. her as having this a tremendous power over them. And it's, there's a, there's a, a, a lot, yeah, that's what they're imagining and that scares them. And so it's like psychi- psychologically, it's, it's very troubling that they think, I mean, has she said that and, and has, they have no evidence. No. And also it remains to be seen. So, they might think that because we're bringing this up and we're going to protest, she's not going to do it. And she probably never was. And they go, oh, see, it worked. We, you know, she, we stopped her from, yeah. from rigging the Super Bowl. And it's like, <laughs> I no, know. You, you, you only made yourself crazy and show us that you're crazy. That's kind of what they're doing. Well, I am. And I am. Has, yep. Go ahead. Yeah. She, she's just. I, 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 like I said, I'm a musical fan. I'm not so familiar with her, but uh, I am kind of <laughs> a couple of generations beyond her. But um, uh, just the fact that she's got this influence is really like no other pop star probably ever. Well, I think you really. should binge watch some of her videos because they are fun. She's got fun music. Uh, why are you going <laughs> to yeah. be so mean? Uh, shake it off. couple of my favorites. I'm just saying. Enjoy. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. All right, listen to Paul on Sunday night at 6 o'clock, progressive, uh, Kitchen Table Progressives here on WCPT. Have a good night, Paul. Thanks, Betty. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. We'll continue the conversation when we come back. 773-763-9278. I've got a couple texts I want to read and a call uh, from our friends in Indiana. Always good to hear from you guys, too. 773-763-9278. More in a moment on WCPT 820. Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hey there, it's your guy, Warren Price, from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200. That's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. And it is First Timer Friday, so if you've never called the show, we would love to hear from you because we have some great gift cards to give away. Just let me know that you're a first time caller. And uh, it's you don't have to jump on any topics. You can just call and say hi, and uh, and just we'd love to meet you. We have on the line with us from Hammond, Indiana, calling is uh, John. Hey, John, what's on your mind? 
Oh, hi, Patty, and uh, happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to remind all of our young listeners uh, what happened in the 60s and the net result of that. Uh, in the 60s, we had the Vietnam War, and then uh, that was established by a Democratic administration. started with Kennedy, but it was under Johnson that it really ramped up to a half a million troops, and we ended up with over 50,000 dead. And in 68, I remember when Nixon, a Republican, came in and he promised to end the war. And as a result of the Democratic stance on the war, uh, we lost the White House for um, two terms under Nixon. It was actually a term and a half because Nixon got impeached. Well, he he resigned and we had uh, Ford in there. And then we had one term of a Democrat, Jimmy Carter. Then we had three terms of Republicans, Reagan and Bush Sr., and um, and it all you could look at the reverberation. It all stems from the Democratic war machine um, of the 60s under Johnson. All the young people were anti-war, but the Johnson administration was plodding ahead, man. We're you know, we're going to support the, Viet- the South Vietnamese. Well, everybody's like, well, who, we're dying over here and people are dying. You know, uh, innocent people are dying uh, for no reason. So anyway, I just want to remind people that. Uh, you know, we should push our Democratic leaders. You know, here's one thing, Patty. We always say, you know, hold our politicians accountable. Absolutely. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and right now, all I hear on, on AM820 is get in line. You know? No. The, the election is not for another, what, uh, you know, 11 months, 10 months. No. You get in line. You start listening to us. We don't want warmongering. We don't want a, a, a weapons-based economy. We don't want that. And these guys better get in line because I'm going to tell you what, I'm, I'll vote for JFK Jr. If that means I throw my vote away, so be it. It's, uh, Bob, I'm not going to vote for Trump. Bobby, Bobby Kennedy uh, Jr. Yeah, Bobby, excuse me, Bobby Kennedy Jr. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, yeah, Robert Kennedy Jr. Okay. But the point I'm getting at is I just don't like the warmongering. And I want to hear some peace talk. That's all. That's all I, I have to say. I, I think. I think so. I think so. If and I and I think that Biden is trying to find that that footing. And look, the Middle East is something that nobody, no leader of the United States has ever been able to have a, have a, an impact on or have any headway. And I agree that you know siding with an extreme right wing you know leader like Netanyahu is very much like if, if Trump were to take over I think it would be very hard for other leaders around the world to do anything to step in it should things go south in the United States right I mean essentially that's well, a, that's kind of the way I look at it well well there, there's one other part of this whole thing okay take the two-state solution we mm-hmm. could force the issue we we were the ones that sponsored Israel's existence in the first place in the late 40s we could sponsor uh, a Palestinian state. Now, if that's not going to work out, then you turn the whole region into Israel-Palestine. You give the indigenous Palestinians the same rights and uh, and respect as the as the uh, Israeli uh, people, and you make one big uh, giant conglomerate, which is what we had under British rule, and and that would solve the problem. But you know, it, it, it's it, the America doesn't have the guts anymore. We all it, we're controlled by this damn military-industrial complex. And I'll say one last thing. Same thing with Ukraine. There's nobody talking peace. Russia has consistently said, let's, let's negotiate. Nobody wants to talk. We just want to shoot more weapons over there. And this thing's well, going to perpetuate sorry. forever, in my you, opinion. You have seen that Russia has said they want to, they want to have peace? For, no, first I'm of all, saying they want to negotiate. I want, they want to negotiate. I have not. But there's no negotiation on, the, on, the, uh, on our side. 
We're all for, you know, ramping up the war machine. That, that's all I hear. And I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm sorry, Patty. No, no, no. I'm just trying to I'm trying to see if if, 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 if I, I haven't said anything about Putin wanting to negotiate a peace and to go back to Palestine and Israel and a two state solution. I, and that's what a lot of people have wanted. And there was a people who I look. I, I, this is something that I am not skilled enough to weigh in heavily or, or to, to say, you know, you're wrong or this is what, even like what I think, what I see from my view when people say that I want a ceasefire. I, and look, I, I am horrified by the scale at which Israel is retaliating. There was a ceasefire on October 6th. And, you know, if we were and look, our response when we were attacked on September 11th, we know was uh, over above and beyond because we were lied to. Remember with Colin Powell and that little the little shaker of uh, he said this yellow powder, the yellow cake powder that they have. Yeah. We were tricked yeah. into that, and, and they were warmongers. They and they they got Tony Blair to lie to his people, and they lost tremendous lives and, and casualties in Iraq and Afghanistan. And and look, I, I get that too. This is something that I I think that everyone's it's a bigger picture than we can really get a handle on. And, and the anti-Semitism that I am seeing, and of course the, the anti-Palestinian, it's all a mess. And But I think taking out territory and being hard-lined about it, uh, for me, voting for Trump is fighting to, to fight another day because Bobby Kennedy Jr. is not going to win. Uh, none of these other, I understand it. Yeah. I understand it, but we, we need to hold Joe Biden accountable. But yes. hold on, Teddy. I just want to say one thing. Osama bin Laden attacked the United States because of our support for Israel. Because of our Both actions. And, and, and you know what? And, I agree and the with Palestinians that. are yes. Semites. The Palestinians are Semitic people. They're the same blood and genetic code as the Israeli but that's Jewish not, people. But that's not the, the anti-Semitism. I know, John, that's not the anti-Semitism I'm talking about. I, I, I look. Yeah, they someone, just say anti-Jewishism then because the Semites okay. and Palestinians that's are fine. Semites. That's fine. I mean, look, there was someone from, there was someone who was fired from a very, uh, from an Illinois state office. They have screenshots of her DMs and this was happening in the weeks after. This is the kind of thing that's happening. There's language like Hitler didn't go far enough. I hope they kill all the Jews. So perhaps saying anti-Jewish is a better way to put it. Uh, again, I, I am clear. Yeah. Often when I have these conversations, and I am—I have no shame in saying that at all. Well, I appreciate you having that conversation, Patty, because the bottom line is, this administration has got—I'm—I'm I'm sick of this get in line, shut up mentality. Hey, listen, the election isn't but 10, 11, 10, 11 months away. Well, I, I, we should debate these issues as in a free democratic society. I'll be damned if somebody's going to ram a gun down my throat and say, you need to think this way. Bull. Yeah, yeah, We're going to think the way we want to think, yes. and that's the way it is. I agree. I don't think, and I am not like, it's a fallen line and you have to vote for Biden. I, it is, it is not even the worst of two evils. It is absolute evil if, if you're, if Trump becomes president. That's, that's where I I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree, Patty. Thank it, you, and I appreciate thank you, your John. time. John, okay? you have a good weekend. Thank you so much. You too. Man. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Whew. I don't. I don't know where to go from here. Let's let's go with Earl first. Hey, Earl in Hyde Park. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, um, hey, Patty. Uh, you tried, and the guy's full of passion. Yes, but uh, I'd like to probably get get a chance to discuss that later on in the week with you coming up. But right now, the reason why I called in, because uh, I think he's wrong, uh, from a couple of different points, but we, that's neither here nor there. We have launched attacks in Yemen, uh, Yemen, Iraq, Iran, and Syria right this very moment. 
I'm looking at the bombs exploding on, on the national TV news. And so we don't know what the ramifications are going to be uh, after the dust settles, whether these guys are going to calm down or they could continue to fire missiles. Uh, we just don't know. And as long as we have people like Hamas, uh, who are willing to die to uh, try to eradicate Israel off of the face of the ocean, earth, uh, drive them into the sea, I think is their motto. Uh, there's never going to be peace in that area. I don't care if you make the whole region one big nation. That's what I think uh, about. That's what I think about as well is the centuries that this has been this this deeply uh, divisive, violent uh, relationship has been going on. And yes, the establishment of it. And again, the history of this is something I continue to try to wrap my mind around. Uh, and the control that it's 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 a, it, it, the idea that we can have any impact from here is it's just look the fact that we are supplying weapons is i think hard on a lot of people and we don't want to think about you know what we what kind of disruptions are happening in the middle east when we have three servicemen and women who've been who've been killed as a result of a drone attack we have to figure out what that response is going to be and a lot of people worry about whether or not we're going to have to send more of our military there well like i said now after tonight's over we're going to have to wait and see what the response is going to be coming from the Iranian-backed militias or from around the region before we do any more damage uh, to their infrastructure of these uh, pseudo-Iranian armed forces around the region. But uh, it's something to lose a little sleep over tonight because, once again, we could be dragged into a war Yes. That we really don't want. No. And uh, so I, 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 it's no use a solution here, Patrick. Thank you for taking my call. And if you have any uh, thoughts on about the the attacks that we have launched in the region, I'll hang up and listen to you reflect on it. Okay. If you have time. I, I appreciate it. I, I, we've, got, we've got a lot of phone calls lined up, and I have a guest coming up. So I, I'm going to ask all of our listeners who are on hold uh, to give me a little bit of time. We're gonna, I, I think this is actually perfect. It's a stress reset. Uh, we're going to check in with Dr. Jennifer uh, L. Tates uh, in just a moment, and, uh, and then we will, I will come back to the phone calls. Maybe I'll be able to stress uh, reset uh, during this break and with the doctor in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I often receive emails up with, uh, asking if I would consider having a, a writer on, an author, and there's a book that caught my attention called, called, called Stress Resets. <laughs> Maybe I'm under so much stress about the Middle East that I can't even talk properly. Joining us on the line is Dr. Jennifer Tates uh, to talk about how you can soothe your body and mind in minutes. Thank you so much for joining us, doctor. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. I, I am too, because you, you do a, a great job of breaking this down into uh, really actionable items, right? Like what, I've heard this before, that getting up in the morning and just starting your day with an accomplishment as simple as fixing your bed. Uh, I've heard that before, and I, and I love that. So let's, let's start first with uh, the mindfulness of realizing that you're stressed in the first place. 
Yes, when we're going five miles an hour, we have so much more room to do damage control as compared to when we're going 100 miles an hour. So even just realizing that you're super stressed, because when we're stressed, we are more likely to get into thinking that doesn't help us, but just makes us feel worse. And we're also more likely to fall into behaviors that we pay a price for. And so I think noticing that you're stressed or feeling really anxious allows you to move forward with more perspective and, and then take inventory before doing something that might you might regret. Well, and that's the thing too is is we and then we find different ways to uh, to sort of soothe that. If we we might not even realize that we're turning to alcohol or cannabis to uh, soothe that. And some people do. They're like, oh, I gotta relax, you know. And you can if you if you have a glass of wine, you can almost go ah oh, on that first taste of it and be like, okay, I was stressed, and this glass of wine is helping me. And then you fall into that rut, don't you? Exactly. And Patty, I want people to realize that you don't need anything outside of you. I mean, your breath is your best pharmacy and so much within you is your best pharmacy. You don't need because something like even having a glass of wine can compromise your sleep quality. And so that's a good example of something that we do short term that takes a toll on us long term. And also it's kind of a missed opportunity to realize that emotions come in waves. And when you're stressed, you might need to be your sharpest rather than kind of feel a little bit um, woozy or, or less sharp. And, I, and I've been t- talking about this because uh, uh, I, I learned this a few years ago. And there's so many things that are, are really within us. And once we recognize it, it, it can be so helpful. And, and we'll forget, you know, we'll, we'll move away from it. And then we can, but we can always come back to it. And it's the, it is the breath. You can change the chemistry of your brain by just taking a breath and releasing it, right? Exactly. And, and the reason I wrote this book is exactly what you're saying. I, in hard moments, we literally forget what's right under our nose and we can't find what's right under our nose. And so I wrote this almost like a cookbook where you could turn to any page and find a practical tool based on your needs and what you, what your preferences are. And because it's really hard to think of these things in the moment, there's a lot in here that was even surprising to me, even after decades in the field of simple things, like there's a specific song that works as well as anti-anxiety medication, which was shocking to me. And that was kind of the impetus of thinking about all the other things that many of us don't realize are available free of cost that work wonders. And, and really, uh, that's the thing is, you know, we think about like going to therapy, which can be helpful, especially if you've, you're, you're, you've survived trauma or, you know, you don't have someone to talk to or and it really does offer a lot of help. Uh, mental health. This is what we're talking about is your own mental health and what you within your own uh, course of the day can, can can take control of your emotions. And uh, so tell us a little bit. I'm going to flip to a page and talk and just pick one because uh, stay humble. I saw this earlier today. Um, tell us about staying humble. This is number 41 in Stress Resets. Yeah, a lot of times when we're stressed, we might be taking risks that we might not ordinarily take. Um, for example, we might, um, you know, it's like even if you think about it, you might decide uh, this is your time to really lash out at someone or um, really treat yourself with something really expensive, thinking I deserve it. But really remembering there are studies that find that the more stressed you are, the more likely you are to take risks and just realizing that just because you're late doesn't mean that you should be speed, doing the equivalent of speeding. And um, yet, again, this is just one way to slow down rather than let stress spiral. Imagine you're running a few minutes late and then you start speeding and then you get a ticket and then you're, there's traffic school and your insurance premiums go up. So there's something about humility that can really serve us.
Well, and the because, rules still apply. Well, like, like you said, we, we feel like we either deserve it or I need to do this now without taking anything, including your own safety, into consideration, lashing out, uh, you know, acting on the first emotion that comes up. And, and the humbleness is, you know, like, it, it can be in part like, look, we're all trying to get through this in one piece. Right, Doc? Exactly. And I think one of the big things that stress does is it derails us from our values and really be able to reclaim our clarity and really see what, what how we want to show up in our lives rather than, you know, how we want things to be like what's within our power, which is how we how we show up. And uh, number 13, which is thinking of emotions as coming in waves. I, I talk about this, too, because there, there are times where, you know, when I was a teenager, everything felt permanent. Everything felt bigger than life. And every once in a while, that can happen in the course of your life. Uh, and and it, it feels like you're being crushed by a wave in the way you describe it. So tell us a little bit about that, too. This is one of my favorite mantras that I personally find so helpful, and I tell this to myself all the time. We think when we're feeling really upset, like we somehow fall into believing that we're going to feel this way for hours and forever, and it's going to get worse, and we'll never get over it. But that's not the way emotions work. Emotions are really temporary. They last, you know, you can feel an emotion for 90 seconds if you then enter the moment. I mean, just think about it. And if you're watching a really compelling movie, maybe in one scene you're laughing, and another scene you're crying, it's not like hours later you're still crying about the same thing because you've been able to sort of change the channel or enter the moment. And so, so too, we need to like have this attitude of really remembering that painful events are really transient. And even if something is an ongoing painful event, like you're dealing with something really stressful in your family, if you can know that the emotions will rise and fall, that you're not going to feel as upset as you do in this moment forever, that automatically gives you an ounce of hope or a big dose of hope, I should say. And uh, and again, the book is called Stress Resets, and it's essentially like your own workbook. There's behavior resets, mind resets. Uh, there are so many great things about mind buffers. Tell us a bit about the, the idea of a mind buffer. Sure. So the book is divided into two categories. So resets is what to do, like triage, like urgent care, when you really need immediate to fix it, to improve how you feel in the moment. And a buffer is like preventative medicine, what to do to just have a little bit more cushion in your life. And so one mind buffer is just really knowing what your core beliefs are, what the, your deep beliefs are about the way you see yourself or the way you see the world. And so even just realizing that like, you know, you have the thought that you're a loser and like knowing that that is going to be easily triggered in certain situations. Let's say you find out there was an event that you weren't invited to or someone was ambiguous in a message towards you. And so even just being aware of what your vulnerabilities are and what might make you feel um, more sensitive, you know, because, you know, let's say that the loser thought came from bad experiences in childhood with being bullied or feeling left out of a group, um, knowing what, what's at risk allows you to see more clearly rather than just react and, and run with the first thing that comes to mind. Are you finding in your, in your practice and in your experience professionally that uh, the impact of social media has really uh, taken its toll on folks? Because we have this extra layer of stress with people that we'll never meet, right? Yes, and if people are listening, you know, one thing that you can do right away is reduce your social media use because studies have found that, and again, all the tips in this book are meant to make your life easier. We're spending so much time on social media and people that take a break even for a week. And if you think that this is hard, college students were able to do it. So I certainly believe that you can. Um, people that take a break have improved feelings of well-being and reduced feelings of sadness. And so I just find it so ironic that the ways we unwind are by making ourselves like masochistic, making ourselves see how 
much easier and better. Other people appear to have it, which obviously isn't true. Well, I'm so grateful, and I, and I because I know I have a lot of stressful listeners, uh, stressed out listeners. Uh, I, I've taken a break for I did sober January, at least in the middle of it, and uh, I'm going to continue with that because I realized I was relying on it too much. And, and your book came just in time. Again, folks, the book the book is Stress Resets. Do you have a website you'd like people to visit so they can learn more about the work that you do? Sure, it's drjennytates.com. And Tate's is spelled T-A-I-T-Z, folks. That's T-A-I-T-Z. It's uh, Jennifer Tate's. Uh, if you want to Google her and learn more about the work that she does, we'd love to have you back because, uh, seriously, I'm going to be uh, working on this and uh, building that into my life because it's a stressful year, Doc. Just saying. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Be well, and we'll talk to you next month. Have a great week. You too. Month. Yeah, have a great week. <laughs> okay, bye. Thanks, Doc. Uh, let's take a break here. I've got the calls all lined up. John from Hammond, Indiana, lit up my phone lines. Just saying. And that's, and that's a, you know, well, let's talk this out, folks. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I know a lot of folks want to talk about uh, issues in the Middle East and the election this year. I was going to take uh, Matt's call first because he's been on hold the longest. And uh, I don't know if his. Hey, Matt, are you there? Hello, Patty. Hey, How are you? Hey, good to hear from you, my friend. How are you doing? Good. How you been? I've been all right. You know, hanging in there. It was a beautiful day yesterday. Yeah, so. nothing crazy happening. Everything's fine. Nobody's <laughs> going to war. Nobody's, there's yeah. no crazy elections totally, going on or anything. Totally but, normal. Uh, yeah. I'm going to change. I'm going to change gears for a second from Donald Trump to the pro wrestling Donald Trump, otherwise yeah. known as Vince McMahon. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, folks, I know it's scripted. It's fake. Whatever. Deal with it. I've been watching it for over 30 years. So here's the thing. Um, we all knew that Vince shook other people. I mean, even when I was 13 and I was watching this, I'm like, he's probably cheating on his wife. What we didn't know is that Vince McMahon is a literal pile of steaming, I can't say it, on the radio. Um, you say crap. He, uh, okay, I can say crap. Okay, he's a pile of steaming crap. Um, the only difference between him and Donald Trump um, Donald Trump did a lot of these things before there were text messages um, and before there were chat logs and all of this stuff. This lady has evidence up the wazoo. She has text messages. She has chat logs. She has videos. She has handwritten letters. I mean, it goes on and on. Vince McMahon is going to jail. Uh, so if we can if we can manage to put Vince McMahon in jail, I think we can do it to one other particular person. I think you might have Maybe a point there. Yes. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I think you have a point there. Yeah, uh, rapists of a feather flock together. I guess. You said it, not me, because I have Uber passengers. Say hi, Uber passengers. Uh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi, Uber passengers. I. I <laughs> Yes, I will say that. I think that we need to say it every single day. That's how I think we should address him. Hi, rapist Trump. There you go. Sorry. Yes. I- anyway, look, I love you lots. I hope you have a great day. And uh, <laughs> keep listening to Patty Vasquez because after 7 o'clock, what's the point? Oh, come oh, on now. Devil's advocates. Have a great night, Matt. All right. Let's. Who's been on hold longest? It would be Steve in Chicago. Steve, how you doing? I'm good, but I'm feeling a little guilty for this glass of wine I just poured. No, don't feel guilty about that. Did your did your shoulder muscles I, I, relax just, when you did? I, it's like, don't feel guilty. 
They did. I'm just, I'm just busting your house. Well, you know what I have? Uh, but, I have. But, hold on. What? I have a can of. Remember, I had to go brewing on a few weeks ago. They have really good fake uh, beer. They have really good uh, near beer. I really enjoy it a lot. So I just, I've never understood the point. Oh, I don't no. like the taste of beer enough to drink non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> no, I, no, but like I, I, I know what you mean. But I became a fan. My friend Tom introduced me like hazy IPAs and and sours. So uh, Go Brewing makes a great uh, selection of those. Anyway, what's on your mind, my friend? I'll give them a try. Um, I just wanted to follow up with a challenge for the young man from Hammond. Okay. Um, I, when some stranger comes in, kicks in his front door, shoots his mother, rapes his wife, and kidnaps two of his three children, and beats the crap out of him. And he is willing to say, yes, that man can stay. He can have the kitchen, the dining room, and the master bedroom. Oh my gosh, we lost Steve. What happened? That was creepy. He had something to say there. Um, okay, well, let's uh, carry continue on. Uh, poor Steve was on hold for 20 minutes and, and he had the, that, that he was going somewhere with it. Bob, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Bob. Hey. Yes? Yeah. I haven't talked to you for a while since that last tour. Oh. You were on. Which tour? Bob. Bob and Tom? I kind of know. Yeah. Good to hear from you. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? I can. What's on your mind, Bob? That one caller kind of pissed me off about who he's voting for. About not voting for uh, Biden because thinking he, Biden's a warmonger. Right. I don't think Biden is. I think Biden's doing what a president should do, protecting Americans. I'm glad. It, Bob, hey, Bob, is it your first time calling? Yes, it is. Oh, I have a prize for you. You got to say that first, Bob. You're a first time caller. I have a I have a you're going to stand in line for Paul to take down your information. I'm so glad you called. I yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that some people hear it as warmongering. Uh, I think that other people are seeing it as siding not with Netanyahu, but with the people of Israel. I think that Biden is trying to find the language to say that he, you know, wants them. To, and, they, and I know they're working on, on the language of a ceasefire uh, plea. And, and, and today, President Biden announced that that's what they're working on. Right. So I'm grateful. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. It was good to hear from you. You want to hold on the line so we can get your information and send out a gift card for you? Okay. Thank you. Hold on. Paul's going to get your information. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Bob. And I'm put him on hold. And Brian in Naperville. How you doing, Brian? Yeah, how are you doing this evening? I am doing well. It's Friday, so I'm happy to head into the weekend. What about yourself? What are you up to? Uh, well... This guy's over work. I'm at the, I work for the post office. So long day, but I'm 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 here. So oh boy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and thank you for your I, service. Oh, thank you. Um, so I I wanted to weigh in on the um, Israel Palestine uh, issue. Um, start out with like uh, I guess a, a very very brief history lesson because um, you know I I think a lot of people think that this. As conflict has been going on for you know thousands of years or whatever, but realistically, um, you know, Jews and Muslims in that area have been living peacefully together for a very long time, up until really the late 1800s, the early 1900s, um, in an effort to uh, help with uh, World War One, you know, to break up the Ottoman Empire. 
uh, Great Britain did a lot of double dealing uh, over there, and uh, he was trying to get um, uh, Zionist Jews in the United States involved to uh, to help kind of sway you know, to get some assistance in, in the war effort and whatnot. And so he promised them, you know, hey, you know, let's get some, uh, you know, you guys can have this area, you know, because it's a very settler colonial project um, that's going on. Um, and also told, you know, the, the Arabs in that area, hey, well, you know, you guys can have this area too, you know, but again, double dealing going on. So, that created conflict. More Zionists from all around the world were coming into that area and displacing Palestinians. And along with, you know, as is the case with most settler colonial projects, um, there was violence involved. Um, you know, fast forward a long time, you know, you know, decades, you know, with the creation of Israel and whatnot, you started getting more and more of that happening. Um, and with that, Palestinian rights were taken away and opportunities were taken away. And, you know, it gets to the point where you force people into smaller and smaller areas and take away any hope for a better future. Of course, people are going to lash out. I mean, we have that with extreme poverty in this country, you know, with gun violence and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I, I think what happened on October 7th was horrible. You know, any loss of life is, is terrible. But, you know, when you have peaceful protests um, by Palestinians met with IDF bullets, um, you know, women, children, journalists being shot, I mean, what do you expect people to do? I mean, you whip a dog enough, it's going to bite you. You know what I mean? And it's I will say, Brian, this goes into, and this was something I, I've struggled with since October 7th, was, was this kind of, that kind of like, what did you expect, right? Was, I, yeah. I, I struggle with that because it's not at all, and look, again, I, I, I am clumsy when it comes to talking about the Middle East. Uh, I know that there are people who understand this. Like, I, you know, the idea that this is land that has been occupied, as you mentioned, side by side by Palestinians and, and, uh, and, and, and Jewish people, and Palestinians were Palestinian Jews, and they were, I believe it was uh, the, the Muslim uh, Ottoman Turks, right, that were in control yeah. of Palestine during the 1800s, mm-hmm. until, and as you mentioned, until 1917, with the attempt to uh, you know interfere there, and then after World War II and uh, the Holocaust, I mean, it, it's all been it seems in the 20th century, now going into the 21st century, sort of slapped together at, with a lot of with against a lot of people's best interests. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's not enough people in Israel that are against what's going on, but I mean, there are a, a good amount of people that that want to see this stop. I mean, because the hostages that they wanted, supposedly wanted to bring home, are being killed. Um, you know, I don't know if you heard the story about um, those three hostages that managed to escape, and you know, they knew kind of what was going to happen when they encountered the IDF. So they had their shirts off, they had a white flag up, and you know, they were trying to show that we don't have any bombs on us or anything like that, and they got shot. You know, I mean, so it's, there's it's indiscriminate, and it's just. You know, there's children just being having to be amp- receive amputations without anesthesia and everything, and it's just 
you see so many dead kids and my, I have a two year old daughter and I just, mm-hmm. I see her face on all these children and it just breaks my heart. And it's, it doesn't need to happen. And, and now we're going to be drawn into a wider conflict because question mark, I mean, the, the greatest threat to Israel's existence moving forward is what they're doing right now, because they're become they're going to become a pariah state and nobody is going to, Nobody is going to be wanting to help them anymore. And it's like, Israel's, you know, Israel's response, it, from my point of view, makes it seem impossible to ever have a resolution that will be acceptable to both Palestinians and, and the Jewish population. That's that's what I'm seeing. It, and, that reaction. And, and what and what and what Hamas yeah. did on October 7th makes it impossible for Israel to want it, it all. You know, what I'm saying in the same way that you said, what do you think was going to happen? Now, now it all begets more of this uh, catastrophic destru- destruction of life. Uh, I've got to run, oh, yeah. Brian. And, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I have no to worries. run. I want to take a couple of texts before I go. Too. Thank you so much for calling. I'll, I'll look yeah. Have you called before? No, actually, I ah, have not. You got to start with that. It's my first time calling, so you can. I'm hold sorry. On no. I've called in, well, hold. does it count if I've called into WCPT before, or it, just your show? Just my show. So hold on, because uh, Paul's okay, going to grab your. Okay, this is my first time on your yeah, show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hold on the line, <laughs> and uh, Paul will get your information. We're going to send out a gift for you. Okay. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you. Of course. And, and I, before I, I, I tell, so Paul's going to get your information. I won't be able to take any more calls because I do want to get to a couple of these texts uh, from the 847 because I want I want to make sure that, again, I am going to be clumsy when it comes to talking about the Middle East. Uh, I, there's so many. I have, I have a friend who lives in Palestine. I have so many people who have uh, who are uh, so scared for their families in Israel. Uh, my good friend Mona Amamershan uh, keeps us updated and uh, and wants people to know the story from inside Palestine as well. And it does reflect a lot of what Brian was saying. A lot of people talk about. Um, so I, I want this to be a place where we can talk about these things. And again, I, if you hear someone say something, they're like, oh, Patty, why don't you push back on that? This is not my strong suit. This is not this is not where my my strength lies. So it is going to be uh, the conversations with you uh, from the 847 while we were talking to, to John from Hammond. Um, the uh, I want to get to who. So who is pushing into the sea? Who's pushing who into the sea? Conquerors write history. The land was taken from the people through the United Nations and America's support, and it was forced. Uh, can't, uh, when I said that no president has ever been able to make inroads on the negotiations in the Middle East, uh, one of our listeners said uh, the Camp David Accords with Jimmy Carter. Uh, thank you for that. And I do want to end with this. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, there was another text. One more before we take off tonight. Um, I do want to remind folks uh, that Trump tried to shut down NATO and Biden has strengthened that. So that's part of the conversation, too. Uh, Oh, by the way, I think John said that the election was on November 11th. It's on November uh, 5th, uh, nine months away. So uh, everyone have a great night. Be well, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul Shavari. Paul Kreutz up next. uh, Mike Kreutz up next. (laughs) Devil's Advocates. Take care.